Uh, so I wrote this four years ago based on Leviticus chapter 3. It's called All the Fat is the Lord's. <laughs> and I'm reading it today because as part of the Daily Bible Reading Show, this is our reading for today, Leviticus chapter 3. And again, it's called All the Fat is the Lord's. Most of us as Asians understand sacrifice, whether it's leaving home to come to Cambridge or burning joysticks during Qingming Festival. We understand what it means to make a sacrifice. From childhood, our parents drilled that one important lesson to our heads, nothing costs nothing. And so we willingly sacrifice our todays, our money, our time, even our health and our happiness, so we can secure a better tomorrow. It's an investment, an ethos in life that says, don't get comfortable, you know, sacrifice today for a better tomorrow. Now, if that's true, uh, then here in Leviticus chapter 3, we see a sacrifice that does not make sense. <laughs> it still costs us everything, that part we get, but God promises nothing in return for our sacrifice. Absolutely nothing. And that's important for two reasons. Number one, this is not a business transaction. God does not owe us blessing in return for our sacrifice. And number two, this is the basis of our giving as Christians today. It's not a payment. It's not a bribe but it's offered up simply to please God. It's offered up simply to make him happy. So Leviticus chapter 3, and this is verse 1. If your offering is a fellowship offering and you offer an animal from the herd, whether male or female, you are to present before the Lord an animal without defect. And Auntie once told me how as a child, she used to have chicken once a year. <laughs> it was such a big deal. The family had chicken once a year only at Chinese New Year. She had to kill it, remove all the feathers, and then steam it. But because she had so many siblings, she only got to eat the feet uh, and the backside. <laughs> Still, it was a treat. Here is an offering of the entire animal, a whole cow in verse 1, a whole sheep in verse 6, or a whole goat in verse 12. It was lavish. You know, you could sell it for money, but instead, you bring it to the temple and you sacrifice this extremely expensive animal to God. Why? Because unlike the other offerings found in Leviticus, there's the burn offering in chapter 1, the grain offering in chapter 2, the sin and guilt offerings in chapters 4 and 5, this offering is optional. It's optional. You don't actually have to do this. Unlike the burnt offering, which had to happen every day, you know, this wasn't compulsory. Hence, elsewhere, it's called a free will offering, a free will offering. This is Leviticus chapter 7, verse 16. It's offered up freely, willingly, and generously to God. Now, well, even so, why would anyone do this? Because this offering symbolized the offering of our entire lives. And this is verse 2. You are to lay your hand on the head of your offering and slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall splash the blood against the sides of the altar. You know, laying your hands on the cow or the sheep or the goat was a way of saying, this is me. This is my substitute. Notice it was your responsibility to kill the animal. It's not the priest's. This was your offering. And as you did this next to this tent of meeting, meaning next to the presence of God, 
you would pray and you would confess the reason for the sacrifice. You would tell God why you are doing what you're doing. In other words, uh, this was personal. The preciousness of the animal, it symbolized the whole of your life being offered up to God. Verse 3, from the fellowship offering, you are to bring a food offering to the Lord. The internal organs and all the fat that is connected to them, both kidneys with the fat on them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver, which you are to remove with the kidneys. Why the kidneys, the liver, and the internal organs? Why just the intestines? You won't find these spare parts in Sainsbury's. No one wants intestines. Everyone wants the meat, the steaks, the ribs, the shoulders, the prime cuts. Not the kidneys, livers, and trails, unless you're making chi chong chok or congee with intestines. And even so, those are the cheap cuts, you know, the spare parts. The intestines, what they represented were the center of our emotions. Now, in the Old Testament, you loved someone with all your guts. <laughs> that was the deepest measure of your love. So Job will say, how my guts yearn within me. This is Job 19 verse 27, which sounds like he is constipated. But in reality, it expresses Job's deepest emotions, his, de his deepest longings to see God face to face. So in offering up the guts of the animal, you're offering up the best parts to God, you know, your heart, as you would say today, you're offering up the best parts of your life to God. But notice that as the priests laid the guts on the altar, there is another offering already on top of it. This entire animal laid out on the altar and it's called the burnt offering. Now, what's that about? This is verse five. Then Aaron's sons are to burn it on the altar on top of the burnt offering that is laying on the burning wood. It is a food offering and aroma pleasing to the Lord. You see, there is already a whole animal offered up to God on the altar the burnt offering, and the guts from the fellowship offering goes on top of this burnt offering. It's kind of like a cherry you put on top of an ice cream sundae. There's already this foundational offering underneath that makes this one possible. Now, it's interesting to go back, go back to chapter 1 and compare the burnt offering there with the fellowship offering here in chapter 3. Because in many respects, they look kind of the same. The big difference is this offering, it's compulsory. You know, this offering actually pays for our sin. This offering is foundational to our free will offering that is then laid on top of it. And that's why another possible name for this fellowship offering in Leviticus chapter 3, it's called the completion offering from the Hebrew word shalom, which can mean to complete. The book of Hebrews teaches us that this foundational burnt offering, it is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, who offered up his life once for all on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, meaning there's nothing left, nothing left to be offered up that could pay for our sins, for your sins, for my sins. Uh, God paid our debt in full by sending his son to the cross. 
And yet, what the fellowship offering foreshadows is the sacrifice that we are able to give. We are able to give today as Christians. Verse 15 of Hebrews 13. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Our giving, our offering, our sacrifice to God as Christians today is the kind that fully acknowledges His giving, His offering, His sacrifice to us in Jesus Christ. Hence, a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess His name. It's gospel giving. It's the kind that promotes the name and worth of Jesus. It's also bold giving, you know, because identifying with Jesus was dangerous at this point of time. It invited scorn. It invited unwanted attention. And it might be just as scornful today, not simply to be generous, but to be generous for the sake of the gospel. But the author of Hebrews, he goes on to say this, and do not forget to do good and share with others, literally to fellowship with others. One of the reasons why the NIV chose to go with the name fellowship, fellowship offering, it's precisely because of this sharing nature bound up with the sacrifice. I mean, you took all the guts. We saw that. You took all the guts from the animal, you burn it on the altar. But what about the rest of the animal, the rest of the meat? You know, there's a lot of steak and meat that's left on the animal. What are you going to do with all that protein? Well, what you did was you shared it. You shared it with everyone. Leviticus chapter 7 and verse 15, it explicitly states the meat from the fellowship offering of thanksgiving, it must be eaten. On the day it's offered, they must leave none of it until the morning. Everything had to go. Meaning this was a fellowship event, you know, steaks and chops for everyone. You couldn't eat it all yourself. No, the meat of the animal was to be shared with everyone in the fellowship. And it says, with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Again, this fellowship offering was completely generous, completely lavish, but at the same time, it's completely up to the giver, offered up freely by the worshiper, not to get something back from God, but simply to please him. With such sacrifices, God is pleased. You know, when we offered up our best, we offer up our heart to God, it's in response to his heart of hearts, to his son, Jesus Christ, which is that foundational sacrifice. But then he gives us back our lives, the meat, as it were, and this is to be shared as a blessing to others in the fellowship of believers. Yeah, and, and it's tempting to stop here, but um, and there are just a few verses left at the end of chapter 3, so let's, let's look at those. Because these last few verses are a prohibition. It's a warning. Verse 16. This is a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Wherever you live, you must not eat any fat or any blood. No fat, no blood. It's not a warning to watch our diet, but actually to watch our worship. The fat and the blood were to be used exclusively for the worship of God. For the Old Testament Israelite, it did mean abstaining from eating fat, from eating blood. 
but what does it mean for us today? The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And I've just read Luke chapter 22, verses 19 to 20. You know, it's just bread. It's just a cup. But Jesus called it his body and his blood. What he was about to offer up to God, you know, as a sacrifice, his own life, as a payment for the sins of the world, he was now offering to his friends to eat and to drink, you know, his own flesh and blood. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He is having this ultimate fellowship meal. You know, he's offering to his disciples what no sinful human being was permitted to share according to the rules of the old covenant. But it's now made possible through the new, now made possible through Jesus's sacrifice. And he did this simply to please his heavenly father. Jesus shared his life freely. He gave his heart abundantly in obedience to the will of his father. And in response to his fragrant offering, God shares his life with us and in us, now generously as his children. Uh, these are uh, the lyrics to Amazing Love by Graham Kendrick. I find it very appropriate to end uh, our reading with this. Uh, My Lord, what love is this that pays so dearly that I, the guilty one, may go free? Amazing love, oh what sacrifice, the Son of God given for me. My debt he pays, and my death he dies, that I might live, that I might live. This is Leviticus chapter 3. All the fat is the Lord's.